0: Welcome everyone to the Success Elevated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Hayden Lee, and I am joined this week by a very special guest, general manager, Royal Theaters, and as he put it, chief popcorn engineer. What did you say? Professional popcorn popper. Professional popcorn popper, popper, Brandon Lott. Thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, This is super, super fun for me. Again, I, I was in, uh, talking to Brandon before we started recording, but um, if for nothing else, I love doing this podcast for very selfish reasons because I get to meet some really cool people and talk with cool people. And one of the coolest things about our small town um, was up until a few years ago, we were so small, we couldn't uh, we couldn't even keep a movie theater in business. <laughs> and so there had been various movie theaters in and out of our very small town. Um, you know, we've got like 12,000 people here in Blackfoot. And, uh, you know, long story short, uh, Royal theaters brought in the Blackfoot movie mill a few years ago, and we now have a really awesome, I would say the best movie theater in Southeast Idaho without question, uh, Tanner, our videographer, is nodding off camera. Uh, but Brandon, talk to us a little bit about introduce yourself kind of to our audience and talk a little bit about how you and your family got into the movie business.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm Brandon Lot. Um, I've I've really been involved in the theater industry. I mean, since forever. Um, yeah. My mom and dad, uh, owners of the corporation, uh, they bought the center, our first location in Idaho Falls. It was just a single screen house at the time. They bought it in in '93. I was okay. I was barely one. Okay. And so I really have just kind of grown up with being in the theater industry and. Um, I mean, I remember my mom picking me up from grade school and taking me right to the theater. And I mean, back then it was on the weekends, it was mom, dad, and they had one person on payroll with them. So it was really (laughs) kind of the family. We, I remember me and my older sister going to the theater on the weekends and sitting in the office while mom and dad would get the show started. And then, you know, we'd kind of just do our thing. It was kind of what our family did. Um, I've always loved the theater. I've always just, I've always been fascinated by it and loved it, um, Back when it was film, I was always drawn to the projectors and the, the, yeah. the technology, if you will, of that. Um, kind of stepping back, my dad, um, in grade school, he his assignment in grade school was he was in charge of the projector when they watched films in class. And he just became fascinated with this and really took a lot of pride as this kid yeah. being in charge of, you know, threading the projector and making sure it was ready. Um When he uh, turned 16, he he got a a projectionist job, which then for a high school kid to have a job as a projectionist in a movie theater was pretty unheard of. Um, But one of his young men's leaders was a projectionist. And dad went in on his own time and learned how to run the booth and kind of learned the trade, if you will. And, And then his young men's leader went to his boss and said, hey, this kid knows what he's doing, he can he can run this, and I'm going to be out of town, so we need somebody to run it. And so he said, we'll have him here Friday, and let's yeah. see what he can do. And, um, you know, he, he came and did it, and it was good, and so then that kind of took off his career, if you will, with theaters. Um, aside from an LDS mission, dad um, was in a theater all but, uh, there was a, uh, about a six-month period where he didn't work at a movie theater from the time he was 16. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so they bought the center in 93. Uh, they twinned it in 96. It was an old vaudeville th- vaudeville theater. The building was built in 1913. Um, in 26, when sound first came out, they, they put their, mm-hmm. their first sound system in the theater. Um, in 96, we twinned it and made the balcony its own theater. It's, it's a fun, fun theater. Oh, yeah. Dad always describes it as stepping back in time.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. But,
1: uh, it's kind of just got a fun feel. In 2000, they bought the Paramount, uh, which is our, our, it was a triplex at the time, over off of 17th Street Nidal Idle Falls, across from the mall. Um, And in 2011, we twinned the big house, so now it's got four screens. And that kind of, those those two, like twinning the Paramount and then twinning the big house at the, or twinning the center and twinning the big house at the Paramount really kind of, um, and there were some other things, but really kind of got my dad thinking um, contractor, Yeah. Um, As kind of a side gig, um, when I was late high school, dad kind of got to the point where, you know, he'd been doing this since he was 16. And so he really kind of got to the point where he didn't want to give it up. He didn't want to sell, but he didn't really want to do it every day. Right. And so they bought some apartment buildings in Idaho Falls and dad just stepped right into those. And, you know, I was a junior in high school at the time and he just kind of, turned the theater over to me and just kind of let me run the theater. Um, which was fun. I, I, you know, I, I started working on the schedule when I was eight. Okay. So I'd been in the theater kind of working and awesome. taking it serious for a long time at that point. And, and, um, that was, uh, that was really big for dad. He got his contractor's license doing the apartments. Cause there's a lot of upkeep and remodeling. And they, they did, they built some apartments in some of the space that was there. And, and so that kind of led all those three things led us into Blackfoot and um, the movie mill. It's it'll be five years old this uh, fall in November. Um, it was an old car dealership, yeah. And uh, the the main part of the building, I guess the first part of the building, it was an old an old creamery uh, barn. It was built in the mid teens. Um, and when we when we walked through it, it was just. It had been abandoned for a little while, but yep. I mean, it, it had a serious case of the uglies. <laughs> and um, there was a renter in the back um, he was a boat doing boat repairs, I guess. And I don't know how, much, how many boats he was repairing. But, uh, <laughs> in Blackfoot, yeah, Idaho, yeah. But, uh, I mean, there was, it was basically a boat junkyard. There was parts and boats. And I remember in, where the lobby is now, right in the middle of the lobby, there was a boat um, sitting on a trailer. And they were using that as their dumpster. They they were living in the basement of this building and, um, just, it was just crazy. There was just crazy, crazy things going on in that building that really made it not desirable. But for us, it was perfect. It was a a big building, had a lot of parking where it was an old car dealership. Um, we got a great deal on it where it was such an eyesore. Um, a lot of, you know, miracles went into us uh, getting the building, but the reason that the movie mill is successful here in Blackfoot is because dad was the general contractor and we did most of the work ourselves. Right. Uh, We're in that about 45% of the cost of a new building. Wow. And so for us, I mean, you know, we're, we're a $5 matinee ticket, seven bucks for an adult in the evening. Um, You know, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, markup in those prices. Right. You know, we're really covering your cost and then, what do do our families need to take home to put food on the table type thing? You know, we're not, our goal is not about the income with this. It never has been. And that's another thing I love about it is it's, we try to be really community oriented and family oriented. You know, we've got uh, 50 cent candies. There's nothing that makes my heart happier than a kid walking up with a Ziploc bag of coins (laughs) and looking to see what candies he can buy. And he
0: can buy several
1: at 50 cents a pop. Yeah. And, and it's, that's just fun. You know, um, you see these theater chains that are going cashless, and they're using, you know, yep. all all cards and all those things. And I, I see it, you know, to an extent. I, I think that that is probably where things are heading. But as we have talked about that as a family, we're like, no, we we like having the kid come up with a ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, and we like that feeling and knowing that we can do that. And so our goal has always been community and family oriented.
0: So I love it, man. I the cool thing about that old building. When you guys announced plans that you were, you know, obviously we were all super excited. Oh my gosh, we're going to have a movie theater. When I was in, um, when I was a kid and in high school, we had, I think it was called the Plaza twin. We had an old, you know, twin theater. Um, and so like the fact that we were going to have any kind of theater at all, I was so pumped about it. And then when I heard you guys were going to do, is it seven or eight theaters in that building? I was like, there is no shot. There is enough room. seven theaters in there. Like there's zero chance. And you go in there and there is, and you guys, it is a packed house on the weekends. It is Fridays and Saturdays. It is, there are so many people there. It's amazing. It's been, it's been one of the coolest things that's ever happened to Blackfoot that we have this awesome theater. And, and I, and I love the story of it. I love that you guys went in and we're like, we're going to, we're going to fix this up ourselves and we're going to figure out how to do it ourselves. And it's going to, it's going to save us money, but in the long run, it's also going to help the community. And, um, yeah, I mean, you guys are by far the most reasonably priced in the area when it comes to both, you know, just a, a ticket to watch a movie, but also when it comes to concessions and everything else. And um, I lo- I love the philosophy that it's more important for you guys to just like give something back almost to the community. Obviously, you've got to you've got to make enough money to support you and your family, but I love that whole concept that like we're gonna we're gonna take care of this community and. And is that something that's, is that a philosophy that like your, your parents have always had, you think, or like what's, where's that kind of come from? Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, our family, we're, we're very religious, you could say. And we've always believed that what you give, you get back tenfold. And I mean, that's so true with this. I mean, that's kind of just been the philosophy and the way that we, we do things. And, you know, like in before, before Blackfoot, when we just had the two locations in Idle Falls, They were discount houses, um, second second run, if you will. Yeah. And so we play the movies after the the main theater in town. Um and there there's not a lot of money in that. You know, I mean you're playing a movie, you know, six weeks, you know, a month to a month and a half after it opens. You know, then we were charging three dollars and two dollars for tickets. I mean, so it's it's a discount theater. And um, it was just enough to get by. And we were always happy with it. When we needed more, it was there. I mean, it it seemed like we were always taken care of. And then going first run, I mean, we went first run right before the pandemic um, in Idaho Falls. We've been, we've always been first run here, but playing movies as they open, it's just, it's been busier. Yeah. so we feel like keeping our prices low will make up for it in volume than
0: gouging the
1: handful of people that come through the
0: door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been the the craziest thing. I mean, it's everywhere right now, the cost of inflation and everything is on the rise, but it's, it's so fun to know. I can take my wife out for a date and for 20 bucks, we can, we can go watch a movie and get popcorn and a drink and, and have a great time. And like that, there's still places out there that care enough about their community to do that. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, we could, we could, I could spend all, uh, I could spend the entire podcast just saying thanks for all the good times that we've had. But, um, yeah, I, I wanted to talk, you talk a little bit about kind of the second run versus first run and kind of some of those industry dynamics. What have been some of the challenges and, and we can go into your industry specific, but what have been just some of the challenges you guys have faced as you've grown a business going from one location to two and then to three now, Obviously, I'm sure you've got quite a few employees now. You talked about you just had one when they first started. Yeah, yeah. So, what have been some of the challenges you guys have faced as you've grown over the years?
1: Yeah. So, probably probably eight years ago, um, and I've been like the, the general manager now for about 10 and a half years. Yeah. Um, I, I got home from my mission about that time. And um, when I, I was managing the theater when I was in high school and up until I went on my mission, And when I went on my mission, the gal that stepped kind of into my position and kind of took on more, um, and was the general manager about two and a half months before I came home, she took a job at the hospital in Idaho falls. Okay. And so it was just, it worked out perfect because the position was there. I just stepped right back into it and I got home from my mission on a Saturday and, um, we had a group at the theater on Sunday, and so the next day, mom and I went into the theater. We got the group going, and then mom and I just went through kind of, "This is what's happened over the last two years." And <laughs> oh, That's um, amazing. It was just—I mean, it was just like I stepped right back into it. But about eight years ago, the the center, which is our, our first location downtown, two screens, um, it was it was really dying on the vine. Yeah, I mean, it was really open because we loved it. We were passionate. What else was it going to be? What yeah. would we do with the building? The building was paid for, you know, I mean, it was just, yeah. we just did it cause we loved it. There wasn't any money that came home from the center. Right. And um, we went to a trade show. There's a trade show in Las Vegas every year. Um, it's called CinemaCon, and dad and I go every year. And so we came home from this trade show and while we were there, we were talking to a guy and he goes, you need to go first run. <laughs> and we're like no like that, that's that's a big boy game yeah, you know? yeah. And, and uh the guy's like just think about it And so we're like okay and so uh, we drove and uh so the, the drive the whole drive home dad and i talked about what that would look like and could we do this and you know what just how just kind of the you know the odds and ends of what this would look like and um i looked at the release schedule and you know, it was, we were, we were hitting summertime and I got excited about a couple films and thought, you know, that'd be fun if we could open that. And I started calling some of the film companies and I was shut down left and right. Hmm. And they just, they, they weren't interested. Um, you know, too small of a theater, yeah, too, yeah. Too, too small of a theater. There's a, there's a beautiful 14 plex across town in Idaho falls. Yeah. Um, a, the second largest chain in the world, you know, I mean, that, that was really our competitor and And for whatever reason, these first film companies I reached out to, one of them said, absolutely not. Don't bring this up again. I mean, that was basically Hmm. the answer. Wow. The other one's kind of him hot around and we're like, you know, maybe we could look at this in the future, but basically no one wanted to be the first one. Yeah. And so, um, turns out there were some things in the industry that were changing that weren't very public. There was a lot of things that were happening. Um, the film companies, Legally, couldn't tell you what you could charge and what you could do, and so talking to this guy at this trade show, we kind of just figured out what the loopholes were, if you will. Yeah. And so, um, Dad called this this one film company up and just says, "Hey, we're thinking about going first run." And he goes, "Oh, what's caused you to think that?" And Dad says, "Well, we know about the changes in the in the industry, and we feel like this is what we need to do for our business." And the guy goes, oh, okay. And then he was kind of quiet for a minute. And he goes, well, what film were you hoping to open with? And there was an X-Men coming out, a new X-Men movie coming out in a month or so. And dad says, well, we'd like to, we'd like to open X-Men. And he goes, well, um, I, I guess we could do that.
0: And, and he wasn't
1: very excited about it. But yeah. It was like we used the right verbiage that he was like, yeah, I, I really can't say no to you. If you're going to charge yeah. what you need to to do this, then yeah, I, I guess we'll do it. So then we called the next film company, and there was a kid's movie opening in the week before X-Men, Angry Birds. And I, and I, call, I, had a, I have a great relationship with this, this gal. I, I still book films with her. Uh, I call her up, and I said, hey, we're, we're wanting to go first run. This is kind of what we're thinking. And she goes, well, who, who's supporting you? And I said, we've got 20th Century Fox. And she goes, they're going to give you X-Men? And I said, yeah. And she goes, Wow. Well, if they're going to give you X-Men, then yeah, I, I don't see any problem with us. <laughs> the one domino
0: fell, man, and that's and, all it
1: took. And every film company was like that. It was like, oh, you're playing that? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll never forget that first weekend of Angry Birds. I mean, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. That yeah. first weekend playing Angry Birds, we put it on both screens at the center. Um, sold, sold out. It was like the perfect storm. It was a three-day weekend. It was rainy. You know, that's, that's when we're busiest is yep. when the weather's bad. It was rainy. Um and and we report our grosses nightly, but on Monday I talk to the film companies, we talk about the weekend and what are we gonna do with the films and make decisions for the next weekend. So she calls me Monday and they never call you. You have to call them and this is what we're thinking, this is what we're gonna do. She calls me first thing Monday morning and she goes, I think your grosses are wrong. And I said, Oh and she goes, Did did you really do that with Angry Birds at the center? And I said, Yeah, we did. And she goes I I can't believe that. I mean, she was just blown away.
0: That's awesome.
1: But that weekend, that Friday and Saturday, I've never had so many families come up to me. And there were moms that were crying. And they're like, (laughs) thank you so much. We've never been able to afford to take our kids to a movie on opening weekend. Yeah. And like, that was the moment that I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about like it's not about making money. It's about these moments right here. Oh yeah. And it was just, it was fun. And there was one film company that didn't want to play and they just, you know, and, and it wasn't until we opened Blackfoot that they're like, okay, we'll give you a chance at the center. Yeah. And then um, the secondary market was just drying up. I mean, the, the released and then the release to video was becoming shorter. Streaming was becoming big and all these things, and so we really looked at each other probably six months before the pandemic, and we just said this this isn't this isn't going to last much longer. The narrative had flipped. The center was bringing in revenue at first run, and the Paramount was just kind of paying for itself. Right. And so, about six months before the pandemic, we thought, all right, we need to make a change. And at this point, Blackfoot was open. Blackfoot was doing really, really well. I mean, it was in its second year at the time, and. I mean, there was still the newness factor. People were driving. I mean, I, I'd say 70% of our business was coming from outside of Blackfoot. Yeah. People were driving from Idaho Falls and from Pocatello, you know, a, a 25, 30-minute drive just to check out the new theater. And, yep. And then, you know, they'd get there. They'd see the, the pricing. You know, I live on the west side of Idle Falls. It takes me five minutes
0: longer to get to Blackfoot than it does to get to the Paramount.
1: <laughs> That's and, it. Yeah. And I, I'd rather set the cruise and yeah. drive 80 miles an hour than fight 17th Street.
0: And and save a few bucks on get exactly. on, on, uh, on your pricing. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. amazing. And so we were getting a ton of people coming
1: because, you know, these chains are charging what they charge. And so they come and drive and, and I mean, they're saving money even though they're spending more on gas. And so we, we were looking at all this and we thought, all right, we need to make this change at the Paramount. The Paramount's really, really close to the 14-plex. Yeah. And that was everybody's reasoning. It was, no, you're too close. I mean, it's mm. just, you're, you're literally, the mall separates us. Yeah. And um, so we had one, we had four film companies that it was a hard no. They're like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. And then we had one that was like, yeah, we could probably figure that out and yeah. we could make that work. And right as we were, and we had committed to do a, a pretty extensive remodel, we started figuring all this out. We tore apart two theaters. And the, th- the thought process was, is we'd get these two theaters, uh, you know, um, redone and upgraded. We would put new seats in, we'd upgrade our sound, you know, all these things. And then we'd open those two theaters first run. And then we'd tear apart the other two, and then we'd get those going, and then we'd open them first run. Yeah. And, um, two weeks after we gutted these two theaters, the pandemic hit and we, we were like, holy cow. Oh no. So the day after we close, I walked over, I live next, next door to my parents. I walked next door and mom, me, mom and dad are sitting in the, in the living room. And I was like, what do we do? And mom's like, well, we've already bought all the material. Like we've already spent the money. So it sounds like you guys are going to work. And so me and dad, and we invited the staff that wanted to continue to work. If you want to, if you want to work, we've got, we've got things that you can do. We're not open, but we're going to do this remodel. So we did the whole remodel. We jumped in and remodeled the center as well. And um, right as we finished the Paramount, the state gave us the thumbs up to open.
0: Oh my gosh. It was
1: like, we finished on a Monday. We opened on Friday. That's I mean, amazing. It was just, and, and it was slow. I mean, there yeah. was, it wasn't like there was new movies coming out all of a sudden. Yeah. And um, so we really kind of went from what we were doing to back to boots on the ground. And it was like me, mom, dad, my brother, you know, my sister, we, my wife was there. We were all working because it was just slow. Yeah. And so the goal was to keep payroll down as low as possible. That first Thanksgiving, uh, that was when the first like kids movie came out after the pandemic and it was just like it, it, that movie opened on a Wednesday and Tuesday, you know, school's out. Usually this is like a decent time Tuesday. It was like dead and I'm looking around like, Holy cow. What are we going to do? I thought, yeah, I was just like, this is never coming back. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're never coming out of this. And then Wednesday hits with that movie and it just was like, boom, sold out shows, you know, sold out as much as you can be at that time. You know, we, we had all these limitations and stuff. But um, that Thanksgiving, it was me, mom, dad, my wife. My sister from Logan drove up and worked. That's awesome. My my brother and his wife were there. I mean, it was just all the family was there. Yeah. And I think we had one employee that was there with us. And it was just (laughs) like the family. And then ever since then, it's just been busy. and, And our competition, they were closed for so long. They reopened when the state gave us the thumbs up. And it was so slow that they reclosed. Yeah. And they were closed about nine months and we just kind of suffered through it and brought in old films. We put together like a, we do a summer kid show series every summer. So we put together our summer kid show series and then we did a classics night. So we brought in like Jurassic Park and Jaws oh, and yeah, Ghostbusters cool. and all this stuff that was fun to see on the big screen. And we charged like three bucks a ticket for those. And it was just something, you know, yep. something yep. to keep a screen full and, um, People came, they saw a cheap old movie. They saw the remodel. They were really impressed. We put uh, some, we call them fluffy chairs. There's some VIP seats in idle falls and uh, they're a dollar more a ticket. And it really forced people to come check it out. And it was just, we, we joke that the pandemic was the biggest blessing in disguise for us Yeah, because we had already committed to this remodel and then everybody was, coming <laughs> and it got, got and done it out and I mean, it was just perfect. And because of that, the screen count nationally was down really, really low. Yeah, and so those four film companies that were like, "No, we're, we're not doing this," they were calling us like, "Hey, we got this movie coming out. Is there any way you could get it on one of your screens? <laughs> could you like, run it? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, and uh, it
0: just it just all worked out, and I mean, it was just perfect. And but it's just been good. That's awesome, man. I there's so many pieces there. Yeah, we could really look at, but <clears throat> the the pandemic and and everything that happened with that was I mean, it was on all of our minds for two years. Like what, what is going to happen? What's, what's changed about the client? And we're still dealing with a lot of those changes today. And, and I love that you guys just kind of fully dove in both with that pandemic and not giving up on the film companies. I think that's, that's a great lesson in just persistence in general that like, you're going to get told no, and that's okay, but like, keep trying. And, and I love that, like you didn't give up on it. And uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously blessed a lot of our communities here locally that we now have some really awesome theaters that are still here. So I love all of that. Um, there's one other piece there that I, I think it would be cool to just kind of hear your perspective on um, and, and kind of what you guys are, you know, are, are there things that make, that make your job different, I guess, going forward, but you know, with the advent of streaming services and everything that's come with that and how movies Go sometimes straight to streaming services. They don't even come to theaters yeah. anymore. That seems like a, a a big challenge that I'm sure is always on top of your mind or, or something that you're always thinking about. What what are you looking f- like? What what's going to happen in the future for you guys? What are you trying to do to kind of overcome that that weird hurdle going yeah. forward?
1: You know, it's it's interesting because I remember when um, when Redbox came out. Yeah, when Redbox opened, Dad and I sat. We were we were talking and. And we both thought this is the, this is the beginning of the end. Mm. And um, Redbox was a huge blessing because it used to be that when a film came out and there was a blockbuster and a Hollywood video and all these things, the film was dead. Once it hit DVD or video, it was done. And now Redbox came and unfortunately took all those businesses out. Yeah. And there's not enough Redboxes to supply everybody's want for these films. Yep. So now our window just got extended and i really hoped that that's what streaming would be but thinking about it i'm like no now it's available to everybody at the yeah. same time and and this is this is my personal opinion but i really believe that the film companies wanted wanted the the movie theaters to go away yeah i really believe that the film companies wanted videos to go straight to streaming they're not sharing their revenu- revenue with these theaters, they're, they're getting it all to themselves, all these different things. And the pandemic was really their opportunity to try it out. Right. And, and, and a lot of them tried it out. You know, I mean, a lot of the film companies have had their own streaming service, if you will. Yeah. And it didn't do very well. Yeah. You know, and this was the perfect opportunity for them to try it. Everybody's home. Everybody's looking for something to do. They, they tried these, big titles on these streaming services and they just didn't do as well as they yeah. should have. And so now these film companies that were kind of pushing in that direction, now they're committing, we're going to give you a 45 day window. And and that's why the second, the second run market has really dried up. Right. Because there's a 45 day window at most. And so a movie opens, you got 45 days before it's going to hit streaming and i'm i mean they haven't come out and said anything official but i'm noticing that if a movie doesn't do very well in theaters it hits a streaming service or it's available to be purchased or rented digitally a lot quicker right than if a movie right. comes out and it does re- like top gun last summer for example top gun never hit a streaming service until like it was dying in theaters yeah. so i mean it was months and months and months but then you have a, a maybe a low budget film or a film that doesn't do as well as they're hoping I mean, we had a, a kids' movie a couple of weeks ago.
0: I hate to throw one no, streaming please, yeah. service under the bus, but I, I call it like the Netflix theory. Like, if yeah. a show that you were like, "Man, I swear I saw that show on theaters," I, or I swear I saw that show in theaters like a month ago, yeah. then you and but now it's on Netflix. All of a sudden, you are like, "Oh yeah, it must not have done very <laughs> yeah. well because Netflix scooped it up very yeah. very quickly within yeah. four or five weeks." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and and that's
1: it's kind of fun for me to look at our numbers and be like, yeah, that didn't do very well everywhere. Apparently and, yeah, right. now it's available. It's
0: available immediately on yeah. a streaming service. And, and
1: it seems like that's kind of the trend now, Yep. which yep. is fun because I think that they've realized, even though we're sharing this revenue, this is a, a two-way relationship. Yep. We, we, we need each other if yeah. you will. And I mean, people want to go to the theater. They want the, the escape. I call it the staycation. Yeah. You know, um, during kind of, coming out of the pandemic, we had somebody that was in at the theater and you know what? Like dad and I'll talk to people as they're leaving the show and different things like that. And so this, this guy was like, we're so happy you're open and just, just fight through this. And and we're like, Oh yeah, we're going to come out. Okay. We think I mean, it's going to work out. And, and he goes, you know, we watched, and there it was a new movie that opens right to streaming. He goes, we watched that as a family. We were excited to see it. He goes, it was a horrible experience. And I was like, Oh, why? And he goes, the kids were on their phones. Yeah. We paused it a couple times to go to the bathroom or to go answer the door or like a two hour movie, it took us like four hours to get through. Yeah. He's like, and it just wasn't the same. And he's like, We came here and they watched a classic movie. And he's like, even though we've seen this a million times, we just shut everything off. Yep. The kids aren't on their phones. It's it's we, we gotta you know, you get away from the dishes, the laundry, the whatever it is, and you just go and it's the escape. It's amazing. So I I, I think that theaters are I mean, this last year at CinemaCon, there's new builds going on nationally. There's, I mean, people that didn't take on a lot of debt through, through the pandemic are moving forward
0: with confidence. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love the, the, the creative marketing that is out there. for And, and the, the way that you've taken it, at least it sounds like, that like, yeah, like you and streaming services, you can't exist Without each other and that you can kind of coexist and you almost kind of market for each other, which ends up working out really nicely. And I love some of to kind of spin off of that a little bit. Some of the creative marketing stuff you guys have done, like um, the example that I use um, when I I talk to people about this a lot. But um, you guys in, in Idaho, in the state of Idaho, just to kind of for our audience um all high school sports are broadcast through like a uh, a national chain a national streaming service you pay like a monthly fee and then you can watch all of high school sports and it's it's a national chain now so i'm sure everybody's heard of it but um you guys recently for like state tournaments will purchase that license and that you can then broadcast in your theaters and you do it for free which is amazing it's so so cool and like that's a creative little marketing thing that you guys have done to bring in more business and Hey, we'll we're not going to charge you for your ticket, but you can come buy some popcorn and a soda and enjoy watching your neighbor's kids in the state tournament or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a really cool little creative marketing thing that, you know, I think you guys have found a way to co, you know, coexist with all of the craziness of the pandemic and streaming services. And you found a niche that, allows you to continue to operate and run a business. And it's awesome. Yeah. And I love those creative marketing type things,
1: you know, and it was fun because the first year we did that, it was the the year after the pandemic. And, yeah. you know, I mean, um, the, the, the girls went to stay here in Blackfoot, here in Blackfoot. Yep. And, um, I, I'm not, I don't live, I mean, I live in Idle Falls, so I don't really know the ins and outs of high school, Yeah. you know, circle, but Des, our manager, she, she, we were talking one day in the office and she's like, they, they've limited it in Boise. Boise's still kind of shut down. And so they're only, only allowing every athlete can only bring like
0: one or two people. Oh my god. So there's so
1: many people that like, yeah, I can take my parents, but all my siblings can't come in.
0: Siblings can't go or aunts and uncles, yeah. grandma, grandpa. So yeah. all this
1: stuff going on. And so Des and I were like, what could, could we stream it? Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't really want to get sued by anybody. But like, <laughs> so we kind of looked into it and was like, yeah, let's buy the license and everything I saw was like, we're okay to do this, but we better not charge for this because yeah. it's not ours. Yeah. And So we're like, yeah, I mean, it's slow right now, so let's do it. So we did it, and it was huge. Like oh, yeah. We, I mean, we gave tickets away for free, but we ended up that first, the girls' first um, state Game we put it on four of the seven theaters. Oh my gosh! And and it was just like people were standing in the back, and I'm like, I'm praying, please don't have a fire marshal walk through. (laughs) We're gonna get in trouble, you know. I mean, it was just packed. Yeah. And and then the next year we did the same thing, but it was like, hey, there's movies now, so like we could get this on two screens. And then the next year was like, yeah, we can give this one screen. And then this year we looked at it and I was like, uh, we can't do this. Yeah. We just we can't do it. Yeah. And people were mad. (laughs) And, uh, but I was like, I'm sorry. Like we're kind of back to normal if you will. And we can't, we can't do that at that time.
0: No, but I, I I still think it was, it was an amazing thing that you guys did. And I, and I love, I love hearing about those creative stories that like you can grow your business in a variety of ways. And sometimes it's, it's not always like, if I do this thing, I'm going to get this money back. Right. And I'm sure in your brain, you were like, well, it'll get people into our theater, but we might not make a ton of money off of it, but it's this goodwill that you've promoted in the community that like, Hey, these guys care about the community enough to like, we're going to offer this thing for free, which is cool. And I, and I think any business owner that's listening to this podcast could take some lessons from that. They're like, there are creative ways to market and grow your business. And you can't always be like, well, if I spend this $100 to do this, am I going to get you know, $200 back from it. It's like, yeah. no, you might not, or you might, and you might not be able to necessarily track it, yeah. but you've got, you've got to still be willing to do it. You know, and, and like in thinking about
1: coming today and talking about this, the, the, the biggest thing that I kept thinking about was a successful business person or a successful entrepreneur doesn't, the world puts us in a box. Yep, The world is like, this is what we do. This is what you're committed to. This is what you're confined to. And I try not to see the box. We yeah. always we always talk about thinking outside the box, and like in my church calling, there's not a box. Yeah. If, if we feel that we need to do it this way, we're going to do it this way. With with the theaters, if we feel that we need to do it this way and it makes sense and it's going to work for us, then let's do it. And I think a lot of people are afraid to think outside the box. Yeah. Because it's it's not safe. Yeah. It's it's not comfortable. And like I I was told on my mission that I need to be comfortable uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I've really tried to I mean not live my life like that, but it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to yep. take risks if you will. I mean calculated risks and it's okay to try things and think outside the box.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, Brandon, thank you. This this has been really eye-opening for me and just fun to to pick your brain and learn all about what you've done and I I want to I want to close with the same questions we ask everybody that comes on, you've provided some awesome insights into what you guys have done to grow your business. And and I love hearing about all of that stuff. So first question we ask everybody that comes on the show, favorite book or podcast. Now um, I'm going to, I'm going to look at Tanner here off screen. Tanner doesn't have a mic. I wonder if we should change this question. We have a movie guy here. Maybe instead of book or podcast, maybe we ask favorite movie. Should we do that? Should we go that route? I think I think we're going to do that. So we normally ask favorite book or podcast, but we got a movie guy here. So I'm gonna throw you a curveball. If you could give me one movie, Brandon, I know that's that's tough. But if you give me one movie that you just love that, like, I don't know if it's your comfort movie or what, however you want to go about this, but one movie that if you had to watch the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: You know, I, I get asked that question a lot.
0: I'm sure you and do. And
1: I, I don't have a very good answer for okay. it. Okay. I'm not picky when it comes to movies.
0: Love it. I'm I'm the escape guy. As you shouldn't. I mean, where you, yeah. What, with the industry you're in, you probably should have a lot of movies. And yeah.
1: Like my wife, she'll go to a movie and she'll be like, yeah, it was good. It was worth watching once. Okay. And and then like, like when we watch Top Gun together, she's like, I'd watch that again. <laughs> and that's when I know like, okay, that was a good movie. To she, she really likes watch that, that movie. Again, yeah. Where I'm like... I didn't think about anything else for two hours. I'm, I'd do that again, you know, but I, the, the, the movies that I'm really drawn to, I really like true stories Okay. and I really Same. like yeah. like dramas. Like remember the Titans is always a go-to for me. And you know, those based on a true story that are just feel good stories yep. that are uplifting, but then I'm a big comedy guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I grew up Watching Ace Ventura and Liar Liar and Happy Gilmore, you know I. Any yeah, I Jim love, Carrey, I Adam Sandler, yeah. So those are always go tos for me. But if I had to pick, it'd be the drama, like true
0: story. Yep. Feel good film. I love that. Those those are generally what I lean towards as well. It's it seems like there's so many cool nonfiction stories out there that I find myself watching more of those than than fiction. And it's funny because like. Probably my top three movies of all time are all fiction, but when it comes to just in general, I end up leaning towards yeah. those nonfiction titles. So, um, thank you. That was awesome. No, I appreciate that. Second question um, You wear a lot of hats, you got a lot going on t- traveling back and forth between Idle Falls and Blackfoot, managing the different locations. Um, what do you do to relax at the end of a long day? How do you recharge the batteries? I, I would anticipate there might be watching a movie in there. Yeah. there that might be one yeah. of the answers, but is there anything else that you do to, uh, to relax and recharge the batteries?
1: So one of the biggest reasons I love coming to Blackfoot, mm-hmm. I have my own space. I mean, cool. like at the Paramount and at the center, it's like a shared office. Yeah. So the staff are in and out and that's great. But here in Blackfoot, I have my office. Yeah. It's my space. It's my computer. No one else touches my, you know, so it's, it's mine. And so I, that's one of the reasons I like coming. But the other reason is I have the 25, 30-minute drive home. Yeah. And I always kind of try to time it so I'm not fighting 5 o'clock traffic. Yeah. So I'll either leave about 3 o'clock or I'll stay till about 6 or 7. Um, but I, I really like the drive. I, I have a, po- a couple podcasts that I thumb through that I like to listen to. Um, I'm a big jazz fan. And so I yeah. listen to what's going on with the jazz and the NBA. And that's something that I like doing. Uh, there's a couple of the leadership ones that I like to listen to. Um, so the drive is nice. Sometimes though, I'll just sit in silence while I'm driving yeah, and just kind of talk to myself yeah. and just kind of go through the day. Um, but you know, we've got three kids, we got a, a six year old, um, a, a almost three year old and a six month old. And so, like when I get home, it's like hectic all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. And I love it; it's fantastic. But then we get the kids to bed, and my wife and I, we watch TV every night. Yeah. We have a, a series, or you know, we'll we'll split a movie into thirty-minute increments. Yeah. And, you know, we one of us falls asleep, and I mean, so the TV's a big thing for us. We we love. We're always streaming. You know, I've got we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies, and <laughs> I mean, we just it's, it's what we do, but it's what we love.
0: Yeah. So That's awesome, man. I th- th- again, the uh one of the it's one of the quotes that I throw around a lot. One of our guests came on and talked about having white space in your life and like having the ability to just shut your brain off. And mm-hmm. TV and movies are a great way to do that. The commute, I find myself doing the same thing. I don't have a 30-minute commute. I have about a 5-minute commute, yeah, but yeah. I still it's still like relaxing to be like, "Oh, I'm just going to shut my brain off for a few minutes and not have to think about work or whatever and just Listen to a podcast or listen to some music or
1: whatever. Yeah, you know, and I found that like as I do those things, and you know, in in today's world, we for some reason we downplay taking care of ourselves. Yeah, and but when I do those things, I'm a I'm a better worker, I'm a better father, I'm a better husband, and so those things are important to me. Like if I don't come to Blackfoot and work, as silly as it is, like like if I work from home, I'm I'm not as nice of a person. (laughs) I'm grumpier. I'm and my family notices that. Couple of weeks ago, just with the busyness of summer, we just had so much going on that I just worked from home. It was about two weeks before I even came down here, and my wife one night she was, "What's your plan tomorrow?" I was like, "I don't know," and she was, "You should go to Blackfoot and work." And I was like, "Oh, okay, like, yeah, I probably should. I'll take the hint." <laughs> and so I, I came down and just had the day to myself in the office. And but I, it's important. It's yeah. important to find whatever that white noise is
0: and take care of yourself. And yeah. you know, it's just it's better. I love it. Well, last question. I won't, uh, I won't bug you too much longer, but uh, if you could rewind to the beginning of your career, so you've obviously been doing this for a little while now, just a little while um, since you were pretty young. Um, if you could rewind to the beginning of your career, you know, with Royal theaters, what would be one thing that you would tell younger Brandon? Um, you know, it'd, it'd probably
1: be that it's, it's all going to work out. You know, I've, I've always, I, I say that a lot and like Des, she always rolls her eyes at me when I say that, but <laughs> like it, it is, it's it's going to work out. You know I mean? If, if I'm, if, if you're doing what you feel is right and you're doing it for the right reasons, it's, it's, it's either going to work out the way you want it to, or it's going to work out the way it needs to. Yeah. And you know, I've, I, that's probably the biggest thing. I just don't stress over stuff. It's, it's going to work out the way it's supposed to, whether that's how you want it to or not, you know? And, <laughs> And, and the other thing was be just to have that realization that I had on that opening weekend when those, those moms were coming and talking about how grateful they were to have that realization earlier. Yeah. Because that would have probably, um,
0: determined or affected a lot of the decisions I made then, you know, before that. It's awesome. Brandon, we could just, we just need to end it there. That's, that's a great that's awesome. way to close this podcast out. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been eye-opening for me um, and for our audience as well, learning about some of the, the, the challenges you've had to face and how you've persisted through and, and continue to grow your, your really awesome business. So thanks again for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. This, this was fun. Yeah, this has been great. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again in the future. Perfect. So. Absolutely. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. This has been Success Elevated, making you a little bit better one show at a time. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe on YouTube or any other major podcast platform to listen to more episodes. We are proudly brought to you by Spot On Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about how we can help you grow your business, please check us out at spotonsolutions.com.